welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Welcome back to another episode of 81 Points. We're back again here to talk about the Lakers and the NBA and other things. A.K.A. Game of Thrones. A.K.A. Game of Thrones. We're at the stretch run here. About to finish this off soon. Final two episodes, or the last, uh, second to last episode just aired yesterday. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you want to start? There's so much to talk about. Today, <laughs> I think we should get Game of Thrones out the way. Okay. We can start with Thrones. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed it, and partly is because my expectations pretty much just came to a point where I was expecting just... I was just hoping to just be entertained, you know? I've, I've come to kind of accept that it's going to be like a Michael Bay production at this point, so I was entertained. It sounds like you were at a point similar to, like, the late part of the Lakers season where it was like the playoffs are long gone <laughs> and you're just trying to salvage something out of the rest Yeah, of the I just season. want to see, like, Brandon Ingram average, you know, 26 points yeah. in games, so to speak, kind of th- that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I was, you know, I just wanted to see Clegane Bowl. I just wanted to see how, you know, how some of these, these things were going to unfold. But yeah, you know, I mean, it, here's the thing. Like if I was going to go into this thinking or hoping that the writing was going to be good, then of course I'm going to be disappointed. But that's not the case because I already knew it was just, I already knew that this show is not the show. It's, not, it's unrecognizable anymore, this show, you know? And that happened since episode three. After episode three, I was like, this is just no longer Game of Thrones to me, you know? So going into that, I just was like, all right, well, I hope I just get entertained. And I was entertained, so. Yeah, for me, I would probably say, well, it goes without saying that this season is probably well, it is the worst season out of all the seasons, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, I would rank this the worst season by far. Um, and then the second, like last season was really bad too. Mm-hmm. I would actually put them in the same boat. Like the last two seasons, um, season eight and season seven were just, it just went to crazy town. And, you know, actually the same problems, the problems actually were very similar to uh, season seven, which is the pacing. Yeah, I think that is fundamentally the issue with this show uh, in in the last two seasons was uh, the rate at which things were moving. And uh, you get a sense that uh, the writers are really rushing through the storyline. Oh, yeah. Like way too much. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, the pacing is, I would say, the number one issue. And then secondly, just overall, a very close second is just the writing. The quality of the writing is really bad. Because, for example... Like, writing as in storyline or, or like dialogue? Everything. Both? Yeah, I mean, Jamie Lannister's story arc was completely just... They just shat on it. They just shit on it all, like all over it in this past episode. Uh, Euron Greyjoy, that whole character, I, I was... I mean, yeah, that writing was bad, but I just need to say, when I saw him just pop out of nowhere... Out of the wall, fucking water. Yeah. First of all, that that would never happen on Game of Thrones. 
But when I saw him like just slash up Jamie Lannister, I was literally shouting at the TV. I was like, if this fucker kills Jamie, if this is the way Jamie Lannister dies at the hands of Euron Greyjoy. I was gonna flip out, you know, mm-hmm. and it looked like it was a, it was it looked like he was gonna do that, you know. Yeah. So for me, this past episode, in the show's worst season, I would say this was probably the best episode out of this season for you. For yeah. me, yeah, yeah, it's um, fair enough. So I I wrote a list of the good and the bad. Okay. Because for me, it, yeah. It was a bit of a mixed bag, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I would say for me, episode two was uh, by far the best um, episode of the season. And actually was one of my favorite episodes in all this, the whole series, which is kind of crazy to say. But um, yeah, this episode, was, this episode was the second best episode for me. So Okay. Yeah, so let's hear your list. Uh, okay. So I, I feel like uh, this episode had the best scene of the season. Uh, visually? Are you saying visually? No, I'm just saying overall. Okay. Um, and I'm talking about uh, the goodbye between Jamie and Tyrion. Okay. I yeah, thought yeah. that was a good ending to their st- to their relationship. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, yeah. It was a very heartfelt moment. It, you know. Yeah, yeah. Got me in the feels yeah. a little bit. Uh, so that was good. Obviously, Clegane Bowl. Uh, that lived up to the hype for me. It did. Clegane Bowl was. That's partly the reason why I was entertained, partly the reason why I enjoyed this episode. Um, I'm not going to go as far to say I like this episode, but I enjoyed it. I, I'm trying to be very careful <laughs> what I, how I say it, but I enjoyed it, and that's the big reason why. It was because I thought they did, for once, they they really did uh, that whole Clegane Bowl and the whole Sandor Clegane story arc. They They did him... They did him good on that. So. Yeah, you. I mean, talking about like shitting on people's story arcs, uh, yeah. they definitely ended uh, Sandor Glegane's story well. Yeah, it was thought. satisfying, and I, you know, his little thing with uh, Arya before he, you know, yeah, they left. Like everything about him, I was like, this is great. I even yeah. liked the way that uh, the Mountain killed Kyburn. Like I thought that was cool. It was too. hilarious. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. great too. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was the other highlight. And then the third one, which, which you uh, just touched on, was um, how Arya and the Hound kind of said their yeah. goodbyes, too. I thought that was... I really mean, even the way Cersei, Cersei just kind of was like, nope the fuck out of there when, like, you know, when she was walking down the stairs to let the two Cleganes just kind of go at it. I, was, I thought that was hilarious, too. Like, she just started walking down the stairs and she's like, all right, you guys just, you guys go at it. Yeah, I mean, it... <laughs> It uh, it was funny, but it did make sense. No, it totally did. And that's level, I I, yeah. I love that part too. It was just yeah, everything brought about that was really good. Yeah, so so that ends that ends my the good part of this episode. <laughs> well, okay, so I gotta add to that though. I would say like the writing on this show has been just so bad. I mean that's obvious, but I gotta say the acting really good still, really good. And, yeah, it's it's just a shame because right. a lot of these good actors. Uh, which, for the most part, I feel like most almost the entire cast is full of good actors. But yeah, it's it's a shame that they have to say the um, lines that were given to them. Yeah, and you know, even like you said, even though the writing is bad, like the scenes like between Jamie and Tyrion, they still yeah. work because their acting is like overcoming everything. Oh, else. it's they're carrying the they're carrying yeah. the team like Kobe during the the shitty years, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, like yeah. that's essentially what it was. But yeah, the acting to like Daenerys was. 
her acting was really good in this last episode um the direction and dude it, without a doubt the mvp of this season ramin the guy who did does the music for i, I don't know how to pronounce his last name but the guy who does the music for this show he killed it again with the the music like his music yeah, has been music. on point this whole season pretty much on point the whole series um, I thought the direction, the cinematography, everything was really good. A lot of, like, the scenes were great. It's just, you know, you can only do so much with the the kind of the writing that they received. But I thought all that was really good. That's why I enjoyed it. So Yeah, yeah. Okay, now now to the bad. <laughs> all right, the first... Just so you know, we don't have the whole podcast. We can't get to this whole podcast, yeah, okay. too. So, you okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> so, the first thing that I... W- that I was really um, WTF about was how yeah. the Golden Company just got obliterated in like two seconds. Yeah, and they were they were built up. That was part of like the cliffhanger leaving season seven and into season eight, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is a badass army!" Like, yeah. uh, I can't wait to see them go at it. You know, yeah. um, I mean, it, the name is the Golden Company. Yeah. and they made a big deal out of it. Uh, all you know, even fans, book readers know how badass of a of a crew the golden company is and yet we didn't even get to see them fight at all they much like two seconds yeah much like the white walkers we didn't get to see the golden company fight at all yeah um uh, you you touched on euron i think everything that euron ever done ever did on this show was like horseshit well he's a total plot device yeah he's a total plot device on, on the show and it was so it's just been so apparent the whole time yeah, I wasn't necessarily like screaming at the TV when he was fighting Jamie, but I was just like, "What?" Well, weren't you? Didn't make. Didn't I, I was just like really confused. Yeah, but didn't you think it was so outrageous that this dude was shipwrecked and just showed up out of the water? Yeah, I mean, like that I, is hey, the if, whole. If Tyrion can make it to shore, <laughs> then Euron can make it to shore too. Yeah. Um, without anyone else on the Iron Fleet, he was the only lone survivor. Yeah. So that was shitty, and um, the other thing that I was really disappointed in was um, the way that they ended Jamie and Cersei. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was it was such an unsatisfying ending for um, for both of them. I would say more for Cersei because oh, I think actually, people wanted to see something epic, yeah. you know, happen to them. But, but I th- I yeah. think Jamie too. I mean, you know, we touched upon it too a little bit, but Jamie was one of my all-time favorite characters i would say actually in all of television that i've i've ever watched his story arc was just so like awesome like just through the progression from season one to season seven you know from him being this like really cocky arrogant um golden child of lannisters with all his you know swordsmanship but then you know turning into the kind of man he was as early as episode two to pretty much basically his story arc was just a full circle you know yeah in the end he still <laughs> loves cersei yeah i guess i don't know how you feel about that but well here's the thing it, and it, yeah it was just well here's the know. thing is that you know like and this is why they're writing this writing is so bad i don't know how else to just but say that the writing is just so so bad like there were so many ways that you can actually justify this. I wouldn't necessarily agree with this story arc, but I could. You can kind of justify it if you did certain things. Like for example, Brienne, she should have died. I think it's obvious now that she should have died in the Battle of Winterfell. 
Her and many others. Right, her and many others, right. But she should have died. And I think her dying at the hands of, at like, in the arms of Jamie would have been more poignant. Like, and I know this whole thing about Jamie said he wants to die in the arms of the woman he loves. Like, you could just flip that, you know? But having Brienne die in that battle would have, first of all, made that battle that much more, like, carry that much more weight. Yeah. But also, you could you could use that to kind of be like, that's partly why Jamie would go back to Cersei. Because here's a guy who's lost everything now. You know? He's lost uh, Brienne, this new, I guess, this new, you know, flame in his life. It, all of, what, two episodes? Yeah, it was just a fling. <laughs> but, but even then, though, like, you know, he lost her, and then he would go back. That w- I would be like, okay, I'm going to understand why he would go back to Cersei. But she didn't even fucking die. He just straight up was like, you know what? I popped a cherry, <laughs> and now I'm out. Yeah, this is ridiculous, man. So, yeah, that whole story arc was so dumb. And also, why did they make Cersei pregnant? I knew that Jamie was never going to kill Cersei because she was pregnant. That's why it just never was going to happen. You know? Yeah. If she was not pregnant, you, you could totally have Jamie kill her, you know? Well, uh, I think... I think it could have worked it had she had died in another fashion, like begging for her life, maybe. Sure. To, to Daenerys. Maybe. But instead, she just got buried in the basement with Jamie. Well, also, too, with by the way, to witness by the deaths. way, you want to talk about pacing? Why? So she's been about like five years pregnant now, right? Or something like that. I don't know how long she's been pregnant, but she has not shown her little bump baby bump like this whole two two years it's ridiculous it's in the first trimester <laughs> it's so. been in the first trimester I, yeah all right anyways okay well, let's let's try to keep go going what else would you yeah say? so the last the last thing i really wanted to touch on um is the most controversial aspect of of this episode i would say okay. that the something that's been sparking a lot of debate out there yeah uh with both pe- with people on both sides of the coin here on this yeah. one, and I'm talking about the heel turn, Daenerys yeah. becoming the Mad Queen. Yeah. By the way, shout out to all those parents that named their kids Khaleesi or Danny, like <laughs> you know. Yeah. That that little, just, little, that, that did not turn out. That did not turn out well. Yeah. <laughs> like, that did not you, age well. You just basically named your kid after a Mad Queen. Anyways, all right. So there are a lot of people that are on the side of. Yes, it, it it's it was good because this was something that had been building up over the over the seasons and well that first of all I disagree with that. It has not been building up and that's the whole reason, but go on. So there are also detractors that are saying that this heel turn happened much too quickly and you know, we I think we're both in agreement with mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. especially given, you know, our gripes about how the story arc has sped up way too fast yeah yeah and you know there was something that i read and it it made a hundred percent sense uh sense to me which is this episode in itself was well made and some would even say it's a really good episode and i actually would not disagree with that it's just it's because everything happened so so quickly so like let's say before this episode happened all these episodes occurred before this episode where you know the storyline was built you know, like the groundwork was laid and how, Den- you know, Daenerys 
turned into the Mad Queen and all these other, you know, plot lines were developed, and then this episode happened, it would make so much more sense and the payoff would be so much greater. And that's why this episode for me in itself was like, oh, it's not bad. But like you said, because all of this shit was happening so fast and Daenerys turned into the Mad Queen in like a two episodes or episode and a half, it's like, no, this makes no sense, you know? Yeah, and it, and it also uh, confirms how dumb it was uh, that her second dragon died in the, in right. the way that it did because you she literally destroyed an entire city an entire yeah. army by herself with with drogon and then you it's, know it's uh, yeah. Rhaegar got the 360 scope no uh, scope sni- no scope sniped you know in the ocean it was hilarious there was an update patch within between this episode and the last episode where the scorpions got nerfed the dragons got <laughs> yeah. buffed like yeah. it's just fucking crazy like she went to the shop and upgraded yeah her it was crazy um Exactly, like so much inconsistency with the show, where to the point where it's like, dude, this is so bad. Like, but again, you know, I was entertained, and it's just, it's just people just need to accept that it's no longer the so the show that you know and love. You just gotta enjoy it for like the Michael Bay production value type of stuff. And like, I've long been disappointed with the show. Like, you know, did you hear about how uh, HBO originally wanted to have like? 12 episodes for this final season i think it was like 10 to 12 did you know that yeah and then uh they were like D&D were, yeah they're like no no nah, nah, we're we're good we we can finish this in six <laughs> it's just like well clearly they're uh it's it's like they, they kind of are treating this like they've already put in their two weeks notice and then they're just kind of mailing it in yeah well you know they've they've been given the keys to like disneyland's star wars now apparently and i think that's they're just eager to start that so okay you know i don't know i mean i don't know for whatever reason but it's just like even still it's crazy is that it still wouldn't have been as good if it was longer but you you could still just tie in certain things a lot better with better writing even with six episodes but even they didn't even do that which is the crazy part so it's just all around disappointing but yeah i mean oh like one last thing that i'll say too that really pisses me off and this is more of like overall this season is how Jon Snow has just become a fucking extra on this show now. Well, there was a... I think there was a headline of an article that said yeah. that um, Jon Snow is basically getting paid $500,000 an episode to say, My Queen. <laughs> and... Um, well, one other line that he keeps saying. Yeah. But there's like, Don't tell yeah, anyone? Yeah. Or he's... Yeah. Or swear it. Swear it. Yeah. Swear it. It's true though, like he has done nothing this season. He didn't kill the Night King. He just gave like a really good speech of the people that died and served in the, the war. And he watched the city burn. And he just didn't do anything. Yeah. This I mean season. there people are predicting now that um that he's gonna be the one to stop Daenerys. Yeah, at this I, point, I, think which, yeah, I think that's what they're setting sense. up for. Yeah. Uh but that's it. I mean, this, it's crazy. Like, he, he's a guy who, he's been so central to this whole character. And, like, that's part of the journey that you take watching this show is you realize that this show has been all about Jon Snow. And now it's like, you got, you got the D&D, the, the writers of the show, essentially saying, oh, like, if you watch the inside the episode after the episode, uh-huh. you see, hear them saying, like, yeah, we just, we kind of wanted to do this because it seemed like, like a fun 
like a good thing. Like it seemed like a good surprise. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, dude! Like it's so bad, you know? Yeah. So can you remember an, it, another show that was um, like a fall from grace this, this good and yeah. then it ended so like I don't think so unsatisfactorily. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. And I, I, that's partly. I think the partly the reason for that is because usually the people that made it so good you keep them and retain them you know and in this situation it's because they ran out of source material source material yeah yeah so i think that was a big so really the the really the the main the big culprit is actually george r r martin who took fucking forever to finish these books <laughs> you know yeah and he you know he still has to write two books yeah yeah he's so going to take him like a decade to yeah, finish yeah we don't even know if he's going to yeah, well, I'm not going to get morbid, but yeah, you know, essentially he's the problem. Much like, it's a good segue, how we need to place the blame on Genie Bus for, <laughs> you know? Yes, well, we've, uh, we've expressed our disappointment with Game of Thrones, and... And we'll be expressing it about one more week yeah, when the last one episode... More week. But, um, but on the flip side, the opposite of being disappointed, which is, you know, <laughs> being totally satisfied and completely content is i gotta say this weekend of basketball games was one of the best basketball we- nba playoff weekends i can remember yeah. in a while it was very entertaining especially considering that the lakers are not in it. you know usually i'm not as enthralled or like engrossed in it when the lakers are out but yeah. it's, it was been it's been a great weekend of basketball yeah and it started off uh this past friday night with the warriors eliminating the rockets and i figured that that was going to be like the leading story heading into next week but that that right. was almost an afterthought at this point that was like the long night or the batter winter <laughs> yeah. the battle of winterfell right there yeah so uh r.i.p houston rockets um they fell at the hands of the warriors sans kevin durant uh you know the game started off with steph curry being absolutely cold and in foul trouble and uh Clay Thompson barely, uh, basically carried carried the team uh, in the first half of that game, which was not un- that was not unexpected. It was, yeah, it was pretty expected actually, especially given his past history of coming up big in the playoffs. Like I feel like he comes up big more than Steph Curry. Yeah, I would agree you with know. that. I would agree with that. But you know, Steph, give him a ton of credit. He had a monster second yeah, half. Yeah, he did. He did. And he. Uh, Ended the game with like 33 points, I think. All, all scored in the second half. And um, So, I, let me ask you though. Were you, uh, were you surprised by the outcome? Or were you not surprised? Were you expecting it? What? I wasn't surprised. I mean, I always yeah. thought the Warriors were going to win. Yeah. Uh, I can't... The only surprise left is if they don't win the championship, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But, I mean, let's say the Houston Rockets specifically, though. Because we... I think we kind of thought going into the season that they would be the top two, three teams that would be challenging the Warriors, right? If not the top team, right? Yeah, I mean, they're challenging is one thing, but then beating right. is another thing. Yeah, and it was almost it was very similar to like a Lakers Sacramento Kings right. type of yeah. Type I, of deal, I, I definitely know? got that vibe too. Yeah, and uh, you just had a sense that the Warriors just have the Rockets number, you know. I think the playoffs have the Rockets number. Oh, <laughs> to be quite Shots honest with fired you, fired over here. 
Ooh. I mean, it, no, I mean, you do have a point though. What's up, Drogon? Just spitting fire right now, huh? <laughs> you do have a point because I think the Rockets could have won a championship last year had uh, had Chris Paul stayed healthy. Well, and, and you know, I I, I kind of wanted to talk about this because I had a conversation about this with my brother-in-law this past weekend because he was saying, you know, they could have had a host of young players from the Clippers had they not traded for uh, Chris Paul. And now they're stuck with paying Chris Paul of uh, like forty-four million at age thirty-six. Yeah, you know? I think they, I think the Clippers for Chris Paul, they got Lou Williams and Patrick uh, Beverly and Montres Harrell. Yeah, which is, I mean, those those kids, those guys would would have been awesome for the the Rockets, you know, this this postseason. Um, but you know, my whole my whole point um, when I was talking about that is. To be honest, it would have been all worth it had they won last year, and they had a chance to do it last year. Yeah, yeah. you know, and they should have. They should have, at the very least, beat the Warriors. It was, there was no excuse to lose that that game. Um, I know Chris Paul was injured and stuff, but to shoot that poorly from three, I mean, we won't even go into that and rehash that. But it would have been all worth it, you know. And now, it's like, what do you do? At this point, I feel like the Rockets are in such a poor, poor situation, especially financially, you know? Yeah, Chris Paul, they still owe Chris Paul $120 million. That's <laughs> crazy. I think they owe Clint Capella, like, a ton of money, too. And then, of course, you know, you have James Harden on the books. So, yeah, they're... Yeah. Their window's closing fast. They're, they're in a worse position than the Lakers which, in, a lot of, in a lot of ways, woo! you know? Yeah, which is crazy to say, but it's yeah. true. So they're kind of hamstrung right now, and uh, they're out. The Warriors advance, and that wasn't even the biggest story of this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we had two Game 7s, two epic Game 7s, and it started off with a player that a lot of us here in Los Angeles are watching very closely these <laughs> days. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Monster game as usual. Probably had the best game of his career. Yeah, I mean, he didn't shoot very well, but he just he kept digging in. Like in terms of uh, just carrying the team. Did you watch was, the game? I watched. Yeah, I watched a little bit. Yeah. So to me, it basically felt like most of the Raptors players were the moment was a little bit too big for them, and which Kawhi, is not which is not unsurprising because yeah, yeah, it's the same squad from the previous playoff runs. Yeah, and Kawhi was like the only one that was able to handle yeah. handle the moment yeah which is why he chucked up like 39 shots right which but, by the way yeah. you are completely okay with as as a fan as a as a player as a as someone that you know you wanting to see your team advance in the nba you 100 percent you're okay with because it's you you got to live and die with your best player i mean that that increased his value in my eyes yeah for sure the fact that I agree. I'm not even counting about the the buzzer beater he hit, but it was even just the fact that he was able to step up and take right. take charge, take the shots because yeah. his teammates weren't willing to do that. Yeah. But he yeah, he ended up scoring what, like 39 points or something like that and hit a buzzer beater, the first buzzer beater in a, uh for a game 7 in NBA playoff history. Uh uh just a sky high fadeaway over Joel Embiid, who just instantly <laughs> bursted into tears after that became a meme. Uh, what did you think of? So, what what are your feelings on uh, Joel Embiid um, showing um, showing that kind of emotion after that game? 
you know, I, I mean, I like that he, you know, he really wants to win. I just can't separate from the fact that I just am thoroughly enjoying the fact that he's, you know, he, he's lost. He, he lost the series. You so know? you're... He's a Game of Thrones villain. You're you know? anno- <laughs> your, your annoyance over him is greater than any type of, like, sympathy. Oh, without a doubt. I got <laughs> zero sympathy for that guy. That kid is the, the Joffrey of this league, man. He's, he's so obnoxious, bro. Like, he... Yeah, I can't stand him. I think we established that Jamal Murray is a job, or is oh, he? Maybe. Is Jamal Murray the Ramsey of of? I don't the know. I almost feel like Jamal Murray doesn't even deserve to be mentioned in a. He's just you know like we'll talk, we'll talk about Jamal. Murray yeah, yeah, but Joel later. Embiid is like he's he's a future. If I mean he's a superstar, he's sort of the one of the big future faces of this league. So, um, yeah, so he's a bigger villain to me. But I love the fact that he just pretty much got heartbroken on that so i was totally okay with him crying i feel like yeah i don't i I feel like you know that's uh that's respectable like i don't oh i I don't diminish him without yeah for for crying like that uh you want your players to care yeah you want you want your best player to care like that yeah uh and he he actually played good defense on Kawhi on that shot it's just that 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 ball just bounced and... all over the all over the rim and went in, yeah. And that that wingspan and, and those hands just <laughs> it's too were much. able to get it just over uh, yeah. Embiid's hands. So Kawhi Leonard's like a hero right now. Um, yeah. Does this the fact that he led the Raptors to the Eastern Conference Finals in the fashion that he did? Do you think that that affects anything in terms of uh well, the summer or well that, that's why do. it was a good it was actually i was just about to say and it's, i'm glad you asked that i'm rooting hard for the bucks now though oh you yeah know? yeah I, i'm like i got my bucks jersey on <laughs> like i'm i am going hard for these bucks because for one like even if they advance i would love to see them beat the warriors you know like it's the bucks like and see Giannis. like how can you not root for the guy but yeah, you really want to see the Bucks beat the Raptors because it's like that's great. You know, it just shows how how amazing Kawhi is. Now let's put an end to it. Let's bring him over to LA. <laughs> like I don't want him to be. I don't want. I want the love affair to end with him in uh, Toronto. Essentially, a sweep would be nice at this. Yeah, at this a point. sweep and a lot of internal team strife would be nice. You know, the ideal scenario would be the Bucks sweeping the Raptors. Kawhi averaging like 40 points a game and the rest of his teammates playing like shit. Yeah, and also like Kyle Lowry and like some of the other guys being like angry at Kawhi for for whatever reason. <laughs> like just throw that in the mix too. Like that would be great, you know? I, I think that uh, I get a general sense from the Raptors nation that they're all kind of waiting with bated breath. You know, oh, they don't want to... They're walking on eggshells a little bit yeah. with Kawhi. Yeah. Uh, even the players, too. But, yeah, I would I would like... We're, we're putting on our Milwaukee Bucks jerseys now for this upcoming series. Um, I was a little bit surprised that... Uh, well, I guess, it, I guess it wasn't surprising, but Pascal Siakam, he was having such a good series. And then uh, it even seemed like he was a little bit... It was a little bit too soon for him to well, be in that on that kind of stage you know i mean that's the thing you know 
especially in the NBA and the NBA playoffs, dude, the playoffs is a different beast, man. And the the deeper you get into the the rounds, the deeper you get into the series, when the when the pressure is really really strong, it's you cannot deny it, especially if you're a first time player in this in that situation, you know. Yeah. It's I've never seen any other sport that's quite like that. You know, I, I think the NFL with the Super Bowl and all that, you can kind of see that too. Maybe a little bit with baseball, but honestly, baseball is such a crapshoot. But there's no other sport that's like that. NBA playoff is literally like when you see guys win championships in the NBA, there's really there's no luck involved, in my opinion. Like other than, let's say, like injuries that kind of shape how things play out. But when champions, when players become champions, like there's no luck involved in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you definitely have to earn it. You got to earn it yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So where did the Sixers go from here, do you think? Because they, they have a couple of free agents. Yeah. Um, on their team, Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. You know, honestly, if I were the Sixers, I would just bring the whole gang back if it's possible. Which I don't think it is, right? Because I think Tobias Harris is a free agent now. And so is Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And, I, and what people are saying is that Jimmy Butler is probably going to leave. Right. Where would he go, though? It just seems so like... So there's a rumor... The rumor is, like, he's going to sign with the Clippers. But, I mean, oh I don't... Oh, my God. Why are the Clippers just constantly really... just being such a... Shit. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's just a rumor. I don't know what's going to happen with him. But, it to me, the Sixers kind of feel like... Well, it's definitely Embiid's team. Without a doubt. And then I would feel like no they question. would put the rest of their eggs... Like, if there was a pecking order, it would be Embiid, and then they would put Simmons. Second. Yeah. Just from a prospect perspective. Yeah. You know you know what's so interesting about the Sixers is like, let's talk about these two cornerstone superstars, right? Yeah, they're the future of the NBA. However, I gotta say, like, it's it's an uneasy thing to be putting all your eggs in the bat in the basket, like you said, of Embiid and then Ben Simmons. Because they're not without some concerns. Embiid, you know he's he's got all the talent, but he is definitely an injury risk he's a guy you're always in the back of your mind thinking at any moment this dude could like his career could be over or he could be out for a year yeah he has he also has issues with uh playing a lot of minutes exactly yeah and that's a concern for a kid so young you know yeah so that's something you you were always thinking about and then ben simmons you got the whole concern about his shooting which is you cannot overlook that you know it's a huge red flag. It's a huge red flag. And that mean and that just shows you how like I'm you know, we're unbiased. Like that's why we have a there's a huge red flag with Lonzo a ball, you know? Like shooting is just not something you you can have a deficiency in in this in this This league. is way worse than Lonzo in my opinion though. Really? You think because so? Because at least Lonzo's willing to take a three-point shot like Ben oh, Simmons I see. is not even willing to even try mm. yet. Interesting, you know? yeah. So he has a much longer road to yeah maybe becoming a, a respectable shooter if mm-hmm. he's ever going to get there you know yeah uh to me Embiid and Simmons remind me a lot of Blake Griffin and Chris Paul okay it's like this all-star duo for a franchise but in the back of your mind you feel like they're never going to win the championship together wow already you kind of feel you kind of have that feeling huh 
Yeah, for the reasons that you just said about you know right. Embiid, the combination of Embiid's injury risk and Simmons's shooting deficiencies, those are two huge yeah. concerns, yeah. and it'd be really hard for any team to overcome yeah. those issues, especially for two your your two best players. Yeah, and Jimmy Butler, I don't think he's gonna want to play third fiddle. Yeah, on a, on any team. Yeah, so, I gotta I say, feel like he's gonna leave. yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I I feel like if if I could, I would I would try to keep the whole roster because that I mean that squad is just loaded. I would go to war with that for the next two three years, you know. Yeah, but you know, financially, it's just not feasible. So, yeah, they got a lot of questions ahead of them. Yeah, so we have the Bucks and the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. And in the Western Conference, we have the Warriors. And then the last game seven yesterday, uh, Denver and Portland. Did you see this game? I saw like the last two minutes. So I missed this game. Yeah. But I went back and saw the highlights. Uh-huh. And I was, my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> CJ McCollum. Watching CJ McCollum. <laughs> I didn't know he had this in him. Yeah. To be quite honest with you. But he, uh, I mean, he basically played the game of his life. Yeah. This was a game where Damian Lillard was struggling, yeah. like big time, yeah. on the road on a game seven in Denver, which is not an easy place to win. And well, Denver had, I think, the best home court record in in the league this year. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah. And with all those odds stacked against them, CJ McCollum basically carried this entire team. Yeah. To, I mean, to he, a victory, he made the the game winner. Yeah. Or the go ahead bucket. Jokic had an awesome game. I I think. Yeah, I I was a little conflicted because I mean I wasn't. Yeah, I was a little conflicted because I would have loved to see Denver advance because I I think they have the the better chance to beat the Warriors. Um, I mean, Warriors are obviously heavily favored, yeah, but, but I you know so that's why I would have loved to see the um the Nuggets advance, but but <laughs> you know Damian Lillard going against the Warriors is pretty enticing. Oh, I thought you were gonna go a different direction with that. I thought you were gonna. Oh, bring but the up... fact that Jamal Murray is <laughs> out of it, yeah, I mean that's enjoyable too. Yeah. So. And he had a he had a pretty bad game yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he you know they needed a second a secondary scorer, uh, along with Jokic, but um. By the way, Jokic is up. just such a beast, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, how old is Jokic? I think he's twenty three, right? Okay. So he's around the same age as Embiid. Similar. Embiid's maybe like 24? Yeah, I think I would take Jokic over Embiid. That's, that, was, that was the question. Is would, Who would you take, Jokic or Embiid? Yeah, without a question. Without a question, you take yeah, Jokic? Yeah, without a question. Because, I mean, I know Embiid probably has better defense, but Jokic is a better passer, and there's no injury risk with Jokic. Also, Jokic's game will age like fine wine. That's without, a, that's without question. So will Embiid's, though. Embiid's a really skilled player. He's a skilled player, but he's also pretty athletic. And I think athleticism is something that you don't really necessarily want to like. So Embiid is 25, and Jokic is 24. So they're around the same age. But you would, without a doubt, take Jokic over Embiid. Yeah. Only because of the injury risk, though. Who would you say has a higher ceiling between the two? You'd probably say Embiid has a higher Maybe. ceiling. Maybe. Right? I mean, it's debatable, I feel like. 
Jokic has proven that he's a beast. He's a very unique talent. Yeah, he's a beast. Sure. But I, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't argue if if people thought that it was Embiid. That's there's no argument there. It's just, I think the injury risk you gotta you gotta with the injury risk involved you gotta sway it to to Jokic's side. I mean, Embiid averaged 28 and 14 this season. So it's hard to say. I can see the argument for either one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're out, and now you have Portland against. Golden State. Do you give is do the do the Blazers have any chance at all to beat the Warriors? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. I mean, the big question for me is where are they going to get their? Where they need a third scorer to beat the Warriors. <laughs> Who's going to be their third need, guy? They need everything. You know, the the Blazers are basically the diet version of the Warriors. I don't even know if it's a diet version. It's like, yeah. Like, Steph versus Dame. Like, yeah, Dame's amazing, but you still take Steph there. Yeah. CJ McCollum is almost like Clay, Clay Light, I would say. If you look at their stats, too, like, CJ McCollum's stats don't necessarily jump out just like Clay's, but Clay just happens to play up really well in the, the most, you know, pivotal moments in, in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, CJ McCollum proved, proved his work of value a lot. Yeah, yeah, for in, sure. In the series. Yeah. So, so I think his stock has gone up. Yeah. And then who else you got? You got sort of a bunch of scrubs. It's basically Diet Splash <laughs> Brothers. Yeah. With, I mean, Ennis Cantor's having a good playoff. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Cantor. It's just when you got... <laughs> You got Clay and Draymond and KD to contend with. It's yeah, this is a this is an open shut case. I mean, this is a Blazers team in which uh, a Rodney Hood injury is like a really crippling thing for them. Yeah. I mean, he's been playing well, you know. Yeah. Uh, we all know why he's his time in Cleveland ended unceremoniously, <laughs> but uh, he's proven that he has a place in the league. So. Yeah. Good on Rodney Hood. Uh, they they are also missing Nurkic. You know that that would have been a big help if they yeah still had him in the fold. <clears throat> but uh, you're you're thinking five games, Warriors in five. I'm thinking three, two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I think five or yeah. They're calling that the um, gentleman sweep is when you beat a team four one. So yeah. it might be a gentleman sweep yeah. for the Warriors. Like, even without Kevin Durant, right? Oh, even without... I think they could beat him without Kevin Durant or Draymond. Okay. So, would you... I feel like... Okay, you can say that about the Blazers, right? Let's let's say that the Bucks beat the Raptors. Okay. Which I, I'm predicting that they would. Yeah. I, the Bucks roster is pretty they're, they're a legit team. Yeah. How would you feel about the Bucks and Warriors... Without Kevin Durant playing, that's that's a chance. Uh, it's, a, it's it's yeah, it's a non-zero chance. Yeah, well, would you still give the advantage to the Warriors? Yeah, I would. <clears throat> like that's pretty close to me. What? Without KD, you still think it's or you think it's close? Without KD? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a lot closer. Obviously. Yeah, it's a lot closer, but I I don't know. Like, I know like um. There's been a lot of um, tweets uh, this past weekend shitting on analytics. Like you have guys like LeBron, yeah, um, talking shit about analytics and yeah. stuff. But if you look at the analytics, I I still 
put a lot of weight into an- analytics, you know, uh, unlike, I don't know, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. But I, I, still, I still put stock into analytics. If you look at the numbers, the Bucks performed the best out of any team in the NBA this season. Yeah, but it's just, I, you know, just think about it historically, right? Like, when was the last time a first-time superstar in Giannis, a first-time head coach in... Um, well, he's not a first-time head You mean first-time in the finals? Yeah. Okay. You know? Um, no surefire superstar, second superstar, right? Can't say that any of those guys are a surefire second superstar. Yeah. Like, th- that would be unprecedented for them to beat, let alone win the finals in any year, but to beat a team like the Warriors. And granted, you know, did they not win 73 games without KD? Yeah. Weren't they a 73? Yeah, they were a 73-win team without KD. So it's like, uh, you know, I'm not buying I mean, yeah, it's a non-zero chance, but I'm not buying it. You like, know? what percentage would you put it at? <laughs> Let's... Is it greater than 10%? Uh, Sure. But I would not give it any closer to 20. It's like, it's under 20%. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, it's just it. It's just historically, it just doesn't happen. You know. I mean, would you? Do you still consider Steph Curry to be a top five player in the NBA? Oh yeah, no question. No question. Yeah, I think he's still this this sort of the. He's a supernova. He's like that. You know that very unique talent that no other team has. You know. You can say yeah. the same about KD, but Steph Curry is... I, I would say he's sort of the the straw that stirs a drink, you know? Sure, sure. He's the... He's the um, he's, he's like the cornerstone of that franchise. Yeah, yeah. And KD's obviously a top five player. Yeah. Um, Giannis might have moved himself into the top five sure. standing. So you have two top five players on one team and then, and then uh, maybe just... top five on, on, on the other team. Yeah. But you know the Bucks did like, um, hand it to Golden State uh, in the regular season, which which is the regular season, which but, means nothing. You know yeah. that's as we've seen so many past Laker di- dynasty teams losing games in the in the regular season is a total laugher. You know. Yeah, and you know the NBA Finals are a completely different animal, even from the rest of the playoffs. Like the right now, you know, playoffs it's bright lights, but then. The lights are br- but, none are brighter. Yeah, the lights when you get to the finals is like yeah. just so much brighter. It's you, just so much of a bigger stage. You can get a tan from all just right. how bright the lights are. Yeah. So, you know, would the Bucks be equipped to handle that? Exactly. It's a first yeah. time all a first time you know superstar and a first time head coach. Like coaching is pretty damn important in the finals too. Yeah. In the playoffs in general, but in the playoffs or in the finals. I mean, I would still give the Bucks a better chance to beat the Warriors than the Raptors, though. And this is even this is even despite okay. the fact that Kawhi's on the Raptors, and we we know that the the stage is not too big for him. Yeah, you know. Obviously. I mean, I'm hoping the Raptors won't make it though. So. Yeah. So um, it's kind of a predictable. Yeah. It's been entertaining. It's been an entertaining second Definitely round. Definitely entertaining. Yeah. But things are shaping out kind of the way we expected, right? Yeah, for sure. The Bucks and the Warriors would kind of be an expected NBA Finals. Um, there is there is a bit of Lakers news still. You know, <laughs> we have um, let's see, we signed a coach. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Not 
quite the coach we thought. <laughs> I think the last podcast we recorded, we were pretty much thinking that Tyron Liu had it in the bag. Yeah, he had a whole Laker-themed cake, birthday cake. <laughs> yeah, and it seemed you like... Don't, I gotta say, you do not, you do not get Laker-themed birthday cake unless you're pretty damn confident you're going to be the next coach. I was pretty damn confident that he was going to be the next coach. Yeah. We pretty much were saying that it's a formality, but I think uh, the Lakers tried to lowball him a little bit too much. Yeah. And uh, he didn't, uh, he called their bluff and walked away from that, walked away from the offer. So now we're uh, left with Frank Vogel <clears throat> as our head coach. Who, and, by uh, all intents and purposes, is actually supposed to be a pretty decent coach. It's just, it's just such a weird signing. I just, I think it's perfectly fine. Like, perfectly adequate. Like, I don't, I don't think it's like a, a it's not a trash hire. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a, a whole, Mark Jackson. It's not a, it's not a splash hire either. Yeah, it's not a Mark Jackson level hire. But I will say, like, all the goodwill from signing, I don't know if it's really even should be labeled goodwill, but like all the, the, the goodwill that should be that comes from signing Frank Vogel is out the window when you like find out that they forced Jason Kidd on the staff. Yeah. I, I think that just puts a damper on everything, you know? So the uh, conspiracy theorists out there are saying that Vogel is basically a lame duck coach already. That's and that so it's crazy. only going to be a matter of time until Jason Kidd takes over the head coaching duties. I'm really curious to see <clears throat> how he handles LeBron. If Who are you talking about? Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel, yeah. okay. Like, if he's able to, I there's only been, like, a Spolstra's maybe, maybe been the only coach that can handle LeBron. And I will say, I almost want to say, like, the only reason why Spolstra was able to handle LeBron was because they won a fucking championship. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he he had the backing of Pat Riley too. You know, that's very that's very true. But it's like, had even with the backing of Pat Riley, had they not won the championship, you like Spolster's just he's he's got no like leeway still. You know. Yeah. When you win one, then you say, "Look, I what I say goes because we won one." You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, so basically Frank Vogel's fucked until he wins one. <laughs> I mean, look, all these move, this move is, uh, you know, eyebrow raising to say the least, but it could all be rectified in the summer if, let's say, I don't know, a couple superstars come to the Lakers. Yeah. Then it's like, then it's, then it's recreating that Spolstra situation all over again. It's right. like, you know. So I think Frank Vogel's future is all dependent on... And this is not this is obvi- kind of obvious to say, but it's all dependent on who the Lakers sign this summer, or who who they can get. Yeah, and who they can get right now, there's like everyone's kind of speculating about like who's headed to LA, yeah. uh, who the Lakers are targeting. Um, the three most popular names have been uh, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, um, Anthony Davis. His name's still there on the table as mm-hmm. a trade potential trade for him and then now you have Kyrie Irving whose well, you know, name is resurfacing yeah today Stephen A said that um yeah I saw that you saw that yeah yeah he he basically reported that uh people from Kyrie's camps just just vehemently just said there is no way in hell that Kyrie's coming to LA 
So, yeah, I mean, I always thought that Kyrie reuniting with LeBron was uh, kind of a pipe dream. Yeah, this is weird. It, yeah, it would just know? be weird to do. But that in itself is what makes me feel like there's still a chance because Kyrie's a weird dude who just does random shit. That is He also is true. a random guy. If you hear him talk, too, it's just... Yeah, oh yeah. my God. His pseudo-intelligence and all that shit. Like, he's just a random guy. Like, this is a guy who said that he wants his number retired, his number up in the rafters in, uh, at Boston not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, you never know. And he's the kind of talent that you just want him signing on the dotted line. You know what I mean? Just get him in the fold, and he's such an amazing talent. You just deal with it. You know, but you just want him on the court because yeah. once he's on the court with a guy like LeBron, you can be one of the greatest teams of all time. You know. Yeah, I mean he uh, he didn't have a good playoffs this year, and that kind of taints his image in some people's minds. I yeah. I, I would still consider him a max player though. Well, he's a max player in my eyes. On he's the right... going to get a max contract. Yeah, but on the right team. So like he yeah. can't. I think. You have to you have to say, given the data that we've seen or what we've seen so far, you can't say he's a guy who can lead his own team. You know. Yeah. Um. His time in Cleveland before LeBron came on board, and uh, his time, his brief time in Boston, like he's just shown that he he has not shown yet that he can lead. So, yeah, not only on the court but just off the court too. He's just he's carried himself very poorly right right you know let's talk about boston for a second um the team that we yeah hate let's the most. do that so it's interesting because they're uh they're criticizing brad stevens a lot oh my god because of bring um, him over to la because of the way they they got bounced out of the playoffs yeah and i'm wondering do you think his the criticism towards brad stevens is fair or not no i don't think so i think it it's just such a difficult roster to juggle, you know. A a guy like Kyrie and also like bringing on yeah. Like I mean, what? I don't think it's unwarranted, but I gotta see at least another year or two of just underperforming for me to be like, okay, Brad Stevens is the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, like he's built such a strong resume so far. I I don't know how you can you know I don't know how people can already be clamoring for you know the job that he's done yeah i definitely don't think he's the problem yeah. but i feel like some criticism is warranted, warranted okay i mean that's fair because it, it almost seemed like to me that he tried to play the exact same way with and without Kyrie. okay yeah and I, I mean i see that Kyrie's Kyrie's one of those like super ball dominant guys where you have to kind of cater center all the offense through him in order to make it work. You're right. But I feel like most of that was not his fault, uh, Brad Stevens's fault because um, the fact is, or it really looks pretty apparent that these guys didn't like playing with Kyrie. Yeah. Like they did. They were just waiting for him to leave, and now yeah. they're they're probably quietly hoping that he does sign with another team. Yeah. So you might see an improved Boston team next year, but it does, you know, with they don't have Kyrie anymore, so it's like they're they're back. They're threat. Their contend contender days are pretty much gone now. Well, until they yeah, until yeah. they get 
like someone like Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's still, that's that's still, still might happen. Yeah, that's still in, you know? in play. But yeah, yeah. They're, they're pretty much done, which is amazing. I mean, people have been saying that, you know, the new president of basketball operations for New Orleans, uh, David Griffin, is a, is a big Brandon Ingram fan. Man, you know, I really, like, why didn't we get David Griffin? He's a solid, uh, he's a solid executive. Yeah. Kobe, uh, Kobe didn't approve. <laughs> oh my God, man. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. But, uh, the Anthony Davis sweepstakes is going to come back into the forefront, um, in a couple months from yeah. now. And yeah, I think Boston still has a chance to get him. I mean, that was what all the news people were saying at, at the trade deadline. That they had the edge, so yeah, you know, it will we'll be interested to see like what happens uh, with that. Um, tomorrow is the NBA draft lottery, which could have huge implications because yeah. if we fall in the top three, that's a game changer. Yeah, so the Lakers right now are uh, positioned to get the eleventh pick. Right. So they... what's the lowest that we can get? Um. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like 11 is still super valuable. Um, it's all right. It's a sweetener. It's a sweetener piece for a trade. Okay. You can't headline it. It's a it. really... Yeah, no, it's not you a can't headline. headline it. You can't headline it, but it's a really good sweetener, though. 11 good. pick is really good. Yeah. So. It's a good sweetener. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're favored to get the 11th pick. There's... I think they have a 9.4% chance at a top four. Oh, two- we can actually get a fourth? Yeah. Oh, okay. And a 2% chance at the number one pick. Damn, that would be a game changer. That's, that's franchise-altering, NBA history-altering. I don't get- think the league can handle the Lakers getting the first pick. You know, if... Lakers getting Zion Williamson, Yeah, that's basically. what I'm saying. So, like, let's play devil's advocate. Let's say we get the number one pick and we get Zion Williamson. What do you do? Do you trade Zion? I think you trade LeBron and just build around Zion and Brandon Ingram. <laughs> Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Kawhi Leonard, or whoever. Oh shit! Yeah, one can only dream. I mean, that's two. It's a two percent chance. And the Lakers have had three straight number two picks. You know, prior to this past draft. That's true. So it's it's uh it's a very it's a very much a long shot. But the league is rigged, so we'll see. Yeah. So, um. Is there anything else you want to bring up? No, today? I think that was. Uh, we covered a lot of topics, actually. Yeah. So we'll yeah. we'll be uh, looking forward to seeing the uh, conference finals matchups here and the uh, series finale of Game of Thrones. A lot going on. A lot of uh, potential uh, disappointment out there <laughs> <laughs> in the in the futures of uh, Lakers fans and Game of Thrones fans yep. alike. But the difference is expectation, you know? Yeah. My expectation with Game of Thrones, I just want to be entertained. Like, I'm expecting to just laugh a lot in an episode that probably should not garner laughter. But, um, yeah, with the Lakers, I don't know, maybe we should be lowering our expectations with those, too. That team, too. But No, my expectations are still... Uh, <laughs> we need to land a superstar. Yeah, we do. Th- this summer. Yeah, I agree. If, if, like, if we do nothing... Except get Kawhi, then I'd be. That's a total success. Yeah, that's still a win. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Are you uh, 
looking forward at all to watching those um watching the prequel series of Game of Thrones that's slated to come out in the future? Um no. I don't think I don't think uh D&D is doing I hope doing not, them. but I'm still you know, it's just made me realize how much the source material is important. I mean, I guess they would have it, but also like who's heading that that writing that writer's room, you know? Yeah. So, I would have to wait at least firsthand to see like you know, how good the first couple seasons or even the episodes are going uh-huh. before I get excited. Yeah. I've been hurt too I've been hurt too much. I don't know if I can love again, you know, after the way Game of Thrones did me, man. Yeah. All as, I got to say as is as soon as yeah. Daenerys sailed over to Westeros, that's when everything kind of fell apart. Yeah, and a lot of people have felt that they should have ended it there when they they were on that you know, on that ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um which that I mean that scene gave me goosebumps. That was that was an amazing amazing end to that season. Um yeah. So, I I don't know, like I just part of me is really a huge part of me is obviously really disappointed about how this show has unfolded, but also I feel a little vindicated because I, you know, I, you know, a lot of times when we're all hanging out with our our friends, I felt like I was the only one that was like really shitty on Game of Thrones, and everybody was like, "Nah, dude, it's really good." I remember so many times we would go, we'd be all going out having drinks, <laughs> and I'm like the only one, but. Finally, every I feel like a lot of like people are catching up to it and realizing like all this shit is just ridiculous, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I uh, my big problem with, I mean, you know, basically everybody's kind of shitting on this current season. Yeah. But my big problem with the previous one was just the lack of chemistry be, be, between uh, Jon Snow and yeah, Daenerys, which which is, is a, a huge yeah problem in the storyline, you know. Yeah. Which again, though, that's a big part of that was was pacing too though. yeah like yeah just because like yeah they fell in love within like two episodes or something you know so that's bullshit you know but yeah but like Tyrion, one of my all-time favorite characters he went from super smart to just really stupid and it wasn't just this season he was really stupid in the last season yeah him him thinking that's his read on cersei was just complete utter shit in the last two seasons. Yeah. He he had a good episode this past one, I feel like, though. I mean, he didn't really do too much, yeah, but well, I, I thought his character, um, it played out well for him in this past episode. I mean, I, honestly, though, I mean, the, the whole scene between him and Jamie Lannister was great, but again, his, for him to, sit, to tell Jamie that, yeah, go save your sister slash lover, go save her and convince her to stand down and go run away there's no way cersei would ever do that there's no way and i know that uh you know lena headley the one who plays cersei really sold it with her performance but the game of thrones cersei would never stand down she's like i'm gonna die i'm gonna i'm gonna sink with this shit you know what i mean yeah and and Tyrion was like go and convince her which is just not gonna happen so again, I was like, this is not the Tyrion that I know, you know? Or Tyrion would either have be at least two, three steps ahead and, and and have some other plan hatched, you know? But he was just giving an emotional plea to his brother to go talk to uh, his sister slash lover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um. anyways, I can go on and on, but 
Just one more week. Yeah. Put me one, out of my misery, please. Just put me thrones. out of my misery is all I ask. Yeah. Just one more episode to go. And uh, we have, you know, uh, two more rounds of the NBA playoffs. And and then we'll get to the fun part, which is what the hell is going to happen this summer. So, yeah. Um, that's we'll, when our season. That's when our season starts. Yeah. 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 So with that said, we'll, we'll call it a podcast episode for today. And... Um, we will check in with you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Um, and uh, be sure to listen in to uh, our future episodes. So we will talk to you guys later. Thank you for tuning into 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.